I had missed your cue and I was like I'll just let her say it so I don't like come in on the back end no it's okay we can't do it unanimously I know let's go I'm Sophie and I'm Maddie welcome to single best scene this week's episode we're covering hacks Mm -hmm. so the episode or the series description is a dark mentorship performs between Deborah Vance a legendary Las Vegas comic and an entitled outcast 25 year old comedy writer Mm-hmm. which I feel like is like <laughs> I guess kind of true like yeah. I like that she's entitled mm-hmm. um so what was your I, I what was your intro to the show why did you watch hacks um I I just watched it because you suggested it of course after after I watched it I did notice there is um a billboard <laughs> on a bus stop near me that has the billboard so I was like oh okay I guess that's what this is you're like Maddie this isn't another doll face situation this is a show people are actually talking about currently watching yeah but what what, what how do you find it so I feel like I found it because one I followed Meg Stalter who played Kayla the like loony assistant Mm-hmm. from the like first week of the pandemic I found her on like Twitter and was like that's it that's the type of comedy I find enjoyable and so when she was promoting it I was like okay yeah I'll give it a shot and then oh David Michael Burke yes we got a shot how did we our... forget him yes so guys we also love David he's DM'd <laughs> us back we have open DMs so we, we love, love him we do have his coffee mugs I can't believe we forgot him if you need me don't don't <laughs> <laughs> Um, but did you on the pod save America, like Instagram or whatever, did you ever watch Travis held held wigs? I think is his last name, Lacey Mosley, a podcaster that I follow. She's also in iCarly and she's also in, <laughs> um, black girl sketch show. This is going to be like a drinking game where it's like, just drink every time. Sophie remembers another comic she loves. Oh my God. I was unprepared. Uh, but his wife is in the show and he did a stand or he did like a comedy thing throughout the pandemic called this is wine which was like a wine show (laughs) that I watched that was pretty funny and every episode he'd be like watch hacks streaming on HBO because his wife was one of the creators of it so finally I was like fuck it I'm gonna watch it and then loved it it was a long way about saying that I just took I was influenced you were influenced um so based on what we know what and you and I have not talked about it you finished mm-hmm. watching it like yeah, today today and I finished watching it like in March <laughs> or like earlier this year so yeah. we have not actually talked about the show so what did you think of the pilot I'm excited for this conversation yeah I liked the pilot um I thought it you know introduced the story pretty well mm-hmm. I don't know what did you think I gave it a nine out of 10 or like an 8.5 out of 10. I liked it. And when I rewatched it today, I realized Deborah was my least favorite part of it, which is funny. Cause when I watched it the first time I was like, I missed Joan. Like I cried when Joan Rivers died. So like, mm-hmm. I, um, I think I like all of the other like supporting characters so much after finishing the series. Mm-hmm. Like I love Deborah, but like not as much as like everyone else. So that was just like an interesting realization I also forgot that her daughter is in the first episode and I think she's so fucking funny yeah 
DJ. Um, yeah, so- except for, in my opinion, DJ is never as funny as the daughter in, um, in, uh, that move that TV show with Jane Fonda and, um, Oh, Grace and Frankie. Grace and Frankie. Yeah. I think that daughter Brianna? is funnier. Brianna is funnier than, than, um, the daughter in this ever was. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they're like two different types of humor, right? Like DJ's like this, like very unhinged, like sort of addict, I think, who like yeah, has no stability. But like Brianna then, always had her like random Brianna's, shit that she had issues with too. It just seemed like- But I, I think know. Brianna's funny because she's mean. I mean- Like I think her being an asshole to her like employees is funny. Yeah. And she, like not understand. It just seemed like there was like a little tighter, like all of her dialogue just is like a little tighter, a little wittier. Whereas like, I feel like this daughter like rarely got anything that was like clever even, which was just kind of like disappointing. Like she just felt like a big dud to me until the end. I do have in one of my funny scene where they go to the convention. I, when she says, and this is kind of, okay, so this is us going into bits and jokes because when she pulls up a necklace and says, this is just straight up wearable art. And it's like the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Like every part of her talking about her jewelry, jewelry line, I thought was so funny. Yeah, and then the jewelry line as a bit was funny. Yes. And then another, I don't really know. I guess this is just a, a joke with no words or a joke that a setup of the joke, mm-hmm. but her playing the Jurassic Park theme song yes. at her birthday party yes. and Deborah and Ava being like, I mean, it's timeless. They just keep rebooting the franchise, like trying to yeah. make Deborah like not feel so shitty that that's the only song she knows on the piano was so it's funny crazy. to me. Yeah. Like, and like the way it like comes in. Like it's right. such a <laughs> yes. But okay, so let's go into some of our funny bits and jokes. Why don't you, you want a popcorn? Um, I only wrote down one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good. I have more than one. So, okay, great. I mean, like, there were a lot of funny moments, I guess, but that was the only one I bothered to get my phone out and write down. So, all right, all right. Because a lot of it was just like one offs. Like, it wasn't it, it, not enough to make me laugh out loud either. It was just like clever writing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I don't have a whole lot. No, which is so weird because this is like a show about comedians. So you. But think I think that that that's probably why it's harder to write down. Yeah. Um, okay. Wait. Actually, I wrote down two because okay. I remembered one when I was writing down the first one, typing it in. Um, so okay. So the first one is when Ava is telling Deborah about a bunch of whatever random stuff, and she mentions that she can't swim. Yes. <laughs> And she says, I considered like taking an adult swim class and then realized that taking adult swim classes is sadder than just drowning. <laughs> that made me laugh. Yeah. And they um, were bonding over SVU. SVU is everywhere. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Actually, that was apparently um, Law and Order Criminal Intent, which is actually a different franchise. Oh, uh, well. But yeah, same, same, same vibe. Same vibe. Oh my God. And then... Um, at the very end when or in the last I think it was actually the last episode when the daughter and and Deborah are in the limo together and at first the daughter is like complaining that like about the Weight Watchers like you drag me that Weight Watchers ad or whatever and she's like actually people come up to me all the time 
And this one woman even like started like crying to me in the airport. I didn't have the heart to tell her that we're naturally thin. <laughs> it was like the only funny line, <laughs> like actual joke she made, I guess. Um, but, and it was yes. sweet that Deb also laughed at that. Yeah, anyway, that was those good. are the only two jokes I wrote down. I'm not saying that there aren't other ones, but those are the only ones I wrote. Okay, well, I have a little bit more than that. Okay, so one of them was in the pilot and I wasn't planning on saying this because I watched the pilot like as I was cooking dinner, but mm. it's like a very random scene, but it's when um, Ava sees her friend who just got like her season two pickup order. And mm. so she like parks her car in the middle of nowhere. And as she's running up, you can hear the girl whose name is Taylor say, mm. she says she's in a Richard Linkletter movie, but we don't won't know if that's true for like another 20 years, which just made me laugh so hard. Cause he's the guy who does like boyhood and like all of those like giant anthologies. Yeah. Yes, yes, so it's yes. like, if you're going to lie about being cast in something right. like a Richard Linkletter movie. Right. <laughs> um, Jimmy and Kayla's interaction. I realize the rest of mine are pretty much just Jimmy and Kayla. Okay. Um, whenever he is drinking his coffee and it's like not good, he spits it out and she, he says, weird and bizarre. What's in this one? Yeah. And she okay, says, that honey, whole scene was hilarious. Honey, you said natural. It comes from bears. Like honey does not come from bears. No. First of all, he was like sugar is what he asked for. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> right. Honey does not come from bears. Um, actually, wait, speaking of LA, I just remembered another one. Her whole, like, the whole scene of her being back in LA, like, the first scene where she's, like, walking up to the barista <laughs> and then talking to the barista, like, everything about that was so funny to me. So I expensive. Like, like, yes. yes. I love it. Like, and she ordered, like, you know, some bizarre coffee and um, was like, everyone here dresses so well. <laughs> like, she says, I can't tell if it's just three people or if it's the band time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think that's how you say it yeah I was like this is that is literally my experience whenever I come back to New York I'm like wow you so know, great to be back in this expensive town but everyone looks so good <laughs> you and I have talked about this on the podcast a few times but it's like when you when the writers of a show can like hyper nichely describe mm-hmm. a place and it was like oh I know exactly what part of LA she's talking about like where she is you know what I mean like it's like yeah you're there yeah yeah um okay also, I did love the interaction with Ava and Jimmy. This wasn't even written down, but whenever she talks about how she just bought a house and he says, did you buy a condo? And she said, yeah, for a price of a house. And I'm pretty sure I got screwed because my um, realtor accidentally emailing, telling me that I like made a bad deal. Yeah. And Jimmy goes, emails are hard. <laughs> so hard. Like that's the response. Yeah. Okay. So my next one is Jimmy's on the phone with, I think Ava and he says you're supposed to be on mute and Kayla goes oh I am I pushed the thing bud and he goes okay bud we can hear you so you definitely did not (laughs) (laughs) I thought a whole scene was amazing okay and then Kiki the bar the um blackjack dealer that's friends Mm -hmm. with Deborah and becomes friends with Ava when she's talking about her daughter and she says last night she said Luna no love mama and I'm like you've only met like three people in your whole life and you hate the best one yeah. made me laugh because I was like kids are so brutal like you don't know any people oh, um I already said the wearable art one just Kayla saying bitch you got this bitch I believe in you girly made me laugh <laughs> oh my god a Deb's final show and then my all-time favorite joke that like I wanted to save for my single best scene but wanted to move up so we could talk about it now okay. was Jimmy on the phone in the finale saying Plus, I'm in the middle of a Me Too situation with Kayla, and I'm the Me Ava, which is 
maybe the my the funniest thing ad, like uttered on TV in 2021 <laughs> for me. <laughs> yes. Okay, and then in terms of bits, um, the entire little like, well, because they're not B plot. This is where I'm getting confused because they're not B plots. So I'm just putting them here because they're jokes that didn't, whatever. Okay. Um, the Ava, Ava and Deborah scaring the shit out of the nurse. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah like that's a bit. That was a bit. That was a funny one. Um, Kayla not answering the phone when it rings very funny to me. Yes. The like interaction with her dad felt like a bit, even though I know that's just her character when she's like uh-huh. hugging him. Um, and then just the entire well bit B plot whatever of Deborah hating the water guy. Yeah, yeah, that was a runner. I guess her hating yeah. the water guy was hilarious. I loved the bit of Deborah taking pictures with all of this, like, misappropriated art. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, misappropriated funds. Funds, yeah. Paid for all this art. Yeah. And, like, just really went to town. Like, just absolutely. And with the new girlfriend being like, I fucking love art. (laughs) Yes. So funny. Like, fully tricked that girl. Oh, my God. But, okay. So then let's go into heartbreak did you have a heartbreak scene yeah I thought this whole show was pretty sad to be honest okay um so I actually had started writing them down and then got distracted so I guess I didn't write all of them so congrats everybody (laughs) shorten it up but um the first one I wrote down the first thing that came to mind was and convincing her dad not to come to LA mm-hmm. or to Vegas to visit her um, because obviously she did not want to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, couldn't just say that. I don't know yeah. why. Um, but yeah, she felt like that was the best. And so like, that was really sad because even before finding out that he dies, like just having to do that, right? Cause she probably did want to see her dad, right? Like it seemed like they had a pretty good relationship. And like when he called her at first, really the only reason she was concerned was like because of his health, not for any other reason, right? And so, and we don't know how long it's been since she's seen him, whatever. Yeah, so when he actually passed away, it's like extra sad. Granted, I think like he would have, he still wouldn't have like made it on the trip. Yeah. But so like, whatever. Um, And then the second, just like everything with her mom, like- yeah. Because her mom was like such a weird character to me. And actually I have this whole thing about this show where like this show was actually about parenting. Like, did you notice that? Like, all of the characters' parents were also in the show. Yeah. So fucking weird. So it was created by the same people who created Broad City. So the guy who played Jimmy is one of the creators, Paul W. Downs, and then his wife or partner, I guess, Lucia. I have no clue how to say her last name. Mm -hmm. And then Jen Statsky, who's worked on all those Parks and Rec shows. So I don't know if they've, if like that's a theme that maybe they were exploring. I have no clue. I don't know, but because like- You just picked up on? Both of Ava's parents were on there and she like regularly had contact with them throughout the show. Um, Deb is parenting her child all the time. Like that's reoccurring. Um, We even met- um, can't think of his name now the assistant or the coo co yeah yeah we see the coo's mom multiple times we see um marcus is his name marcus uh yeah mark mark yeah he also has a funny bit where he's like 
he makes it to CEO and his boyfriend's like, well, from what I've learned about capitalism, that means you don't have to pay taxes. So congrats. <laughs> that was a really good line. That was amazing. Um, and Megan's dad, even like her whole, her whole. Yeah. Kayla's dad being the. Is only there because right. Her dad. Like the nepotism. Right. Because of nepotism. And it's like a continu- continuing problem for um, uh, Jimmy and Jimmy is in this job also because of his dad. Yeah, that is interesting. Everyone's parents are involved somehow for some reason in this fucking show, Um, which I thought was like, the only reason I really noticed was like, it seemed pretty unnecessary repeatedly. Like it seemed pretty unnecessary to like explain that about Jimmy, right? Like we didn't, this is like a 30 minute like drama comedy. Like we don't really need to know why Deborah's assistant is Jimmy. Like we don't need a backstory. Like it's just not necessary. Yeah. And the then, man, yeah. We, well, maybe because never needed to meet Mark's mom. There was no need for that at all. We never needed to actually see, like they didn't need to cast an actor to be Ava's dad. I mean, like she, she, like he, she never saw him. Right. Like it could have mm-hmm. all been just like through the phone and then he dies, whatever. Um, yeah. Marcus. Yeah. We saw Marcus's mom. I'm looking up the cast. Yeah. Jimmy's dad. Megan or um, Kayla's mom or dad like it was just there was just a such a parental like uh like through lines in all of the plots and for all of the characters in every episode I just thought that that was really interesting but I couldn't really figure out the message like there wasn't like a cohesive like even like opposition necessarily that was like in within the same episode that made me go oh like it, that really highlights the differences between Ava's mom versus Mark's mom, right? Because right. Mark's mom's super supportive, kind of invasive, like yada, yada. Whereas like Ava's mom at every opportunity was like having a mental breakdown because she was like, well, you're gonna have to move back in again. And I Ava thought that Ava being 25, her parents made sense to me for like being in the, like in the story. And I, thought her mom did like a really accurate portrayal of like grief like her mom didn't really bother me that much I agree that we didn't really need to see the dad I agree we don't we didn't really need to see Marcus's mom because also he didn't even like take her advice like he still went for the promotion so and like kind of ruined his relationship Mm -hmm. so and then like obviously I thought the Deborah DJ storyline was worth noting because sure. of her ex-husband and Frank and the fire that didn't exist and all that stuff. Yeah, that whole thing totally made sense. Um, Maybe it was just Marcus's. Marcus's storyline was very weird to me because it like. Same. I could never really figure out what the point of it was. Me neither. It feels like he, if whenever there was like a cutting room moment, it was his blot that got cut every time. Like yeah. It, it just feels like we were missing some context with him then, all the time. Also, I don't understand when his relationship to Ava flipped because I thought he liked her. Like he helped her. Yeah. With the, a condo. Yeah. And then next thing I know, he's like, fuck this bitch. And I'm like, when I think it was because he felt like it was like jealousy. Like he felt like she was taking Deborah and like making her go on like a more dangerous path that would threaten his security. Yeah, I guess Which, they just really dragged that out. Those yeah. And then the only thing I'll say about the, like, noting that Jimmy's dad had formerly owned the company, I read an article where they talked about how they wanted to make Jimmy's character, like, extremely non-threatening and, like, mm-hmm. 
um, I can't remember. It was in the best friend article that he did with Megan Stalter where they like dressed up like Buffy and Giles, Giles and they ta- they dressed up like um, Dawn and, Be- and Becky and all of those like famous mm-hmm. like duos that I sent. But um, so I think they wanted to tell the audience in the quickest and like most efficient way possible that he, the reason that he was manager- managing such a high profile person was because of nepotism. And not because he was like some creep who like fucked his way to the top. It's because like he took over his dad's book of business. So that's why he has people like Ava who are like 25 and like probably actually his clients. And then like the inherited clients to like do the odd couple mashup. That's the only thing I could think of. Cause why else would Deborah have like such a young manager who's, if she's been in the business for so long. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So sorry, you're still on your sad scenes. Oh, oh no, I stopped writing after that. So, oh, okay. That's like, you have as far as I'm going to go. My sad scene was the eulogy that Deborah gave when she went up and, like, kind of did like a the little bit of stand up. But when she specifically said, like, I didn't know him, but I've known his daughter. So he must have yeah. been a good, which, like, was just like so sweet and like heartwarming after everything they'd been through. And also, I mean, like, when Deborah opened up Ava's gift where it was like, do you think Deborah Vance will like, mm-hmm. change? and then it said like, I do. Um, so like those two moments in the finale were like, so heartbreak to like end on such a big cliffhanger. Um, I thought was such like, was a really smart move. Yeah. Cause like, what, like now they're going to have to deal with the fact that she sent in all those crazy ass boss stories that like boss is most hated or whatever. Show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that made me, like, not super excited to watch a season two because I'm, like, like, we just got it worked out. Like, how is this going to go? Yeah. Okay, so speaking of that plot, what were some of your favorite? Wait, what are your sad moments? That was it. The funeral. Oh, you just put the one? Just the one. I'm trying to think if I thought. Because the other one that I thought was, like, it's interesting because all of the sad moments flip so quickly to like humor, but I was also, obviously I was sad. I was like so shocked and sad when that man, George committed suicide Yeah, because of the, like the way it affected Ava. When did you know it was him? Like, like early and too late. Like when she walked, like I, like, like I, I was always, I don't know. Like I was like, he's, I think when she was walking back and there was all those police cars, I was like, okay, this is something that's going to affect her. Mm-hmm. And then when she got to the door, I was like, oh, he, like, I pretty much knew it was him when they told us it was him. Oh, as soon as they were like, someone jumped, I was like, yes. it's him. Yeah. Okay. Um, so say that part. But then when yeah. they were describing like, and then like, but then so quickly it was like fucking elder fraud. So then it's like, well, shit, man. Like what the hell? Yeah. But like that kind of unraveling for Ava and her, or her also realizing that she took like life ending advice to deal with like a fight with her boss, yeah. like the panic of being like, Oh, I shouldn't have listened to this guy. Like right, I right. didn't need to quit. Like it was a disagreement, not a right like a quitting situation. Yeah. Um, but that is one of my, I know skipping forward and then we'll go back. That is one of my favorite B plots. I love that whole yeah storyline with george 
yeah, thought it was yeah, yeah. so well executed. The drugs and the friends and, and the, like the chemistry stuff. and like they had a good thing and whatever. But um, going back a little bit, so what was your turning point scene? Um, my turning point scene was the car scene when um, Dub like almost crashed in the car. <laughs> And then those like they like tra- they like like argued their way through what her tweet should have been. Uh huh. That was really clever. Like that was a really clever way to like show that these two people like can work well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good moment. It like makes you want to keep watching. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mine was Jimma, Jimmy and Ava's meeting whenever he says the emails are tricky thing, and then whenever he also says, "I never need to know where you've been fingered." And then Kayla comes in and says, you told me to interrupt you if someone more important calls. <laughs> like that whole like chaotic thing of events. I was like, oh, this is the type of comedy I like. Like everything yeah. about this. Yeah, it was very. Like crazy. everybody's earnestly fucking up so bad. <laughs> like yeah. Ava's telling the truth too much. Jimmy's being too inviting and Kayla's being too honest. Yeah. Um, but okay. So do you have a list of B plots? Best, worst. What do you got? Um, what do you got for us? Why don't you start? Okay, so my the first one that I really enjoyed was the jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And pretty much everything that had to do with DJ, I loved her little like friends, like bar drink hangout where Ava was like, oh, this is bad. Like, this isn't like good. Like you're right. selling photos of your mom. But like the fact that then she knew I liked. Um, I already mentioned, do you want me to keep going or do you want a popcorn? Um, no, keep going, and I'll just fill in what you do. Okay. Um, I already said Ava's Wild Nights in Vegas. I also liked that, like, she finally came to terms with the fact that, like, something the audience had been told in the first episode, it took her five episodes, but that the reason people don't like her wasn't even really the joke. It was just that she was, like, a selfish and bad employee. Like, people just didn't enjoy working with her. Right. And for those girls to be like, you were rude. Like, you didn't why yeah. would we like you? Like, I liked that, like, self-realization because I think it helped her character growth. For sure. In season two. And then, I mean, the, that night was just, like, so wild. And, like, I loved her little interaction with Deborah, And that when she, like, I don't know, I think Deborah was like, she's bisexual. Did you know that? And she's like, you can't. Like, oh, that whole hallway that, meeting, I thought was so funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. I also um, loved It reminded every- me a little bit of um, that scene in Schmigadoon when Cecily's like, am I the villain? (laughs) It was that. (laughs) Yes. A hundred percent. Um, I also loved any part of how much just the like through line B plot of how much they hate Vegas, like how much you could tell the writers don't like going to Vegas and Ava hating Vegas. Everything. Yeah. They didn't even like shoot it particular, like, which like not again, I could sort of relate because I too, was an employee in Vegas pretty regularly one summer. And yeah, it fucking blows. Like, <laughs> it's so hot there. And like everyone, it's like just the worst people are there. And they're on vacation and there's like, everything is just like a pool club party. And uh, I hate yeah, Vegas. The airplane, just like you walk. So often for work when they show the like plane scene of like all of those like different people and then like the casinos and everything and she can't get like I just loved every yeah. part like I thought Vegas was such a smart back yeah like backdrop for a story uh-huh. that should have been set in LA yeah yeah yeah. so like nice. having none of the none of the safeties of LA yeah in Vegas was amazing um I loved Deborah's eye surgery 
Ava going to like, and Ava specifically part of the eye surgery, her trying to open up her phone to delete that message and having to go to the wax. Wow. It was um, so good. What are, what are those called? Madame Trussard. Yeah. I don't know. That's not it, but Ma- Madame Trousseau. Trousseau. Yes. Wax museum. Yeah. That wasn't brilliant. Um, and then the Deborah's like 116 or $1.69 million show. I mean, that was amazing. It it reminded me of the same type of energy from like the Ted Lasso darts. Yes. Where it was like, oh, you think that I'm bluffing? Yes. Right. And I'm not. Um, I already mentioned it in my heartbreak, but I did like the Deborah funeral scene and Jean Smart's husband of like 40 years died while they were filming this and she like channeled that into her character so um I did like that and then I mean just truly you'll hear me talk about it later but Kayla setting up the LA meeting behind Jimmy's back and just like all of the fallout from that yeah I mean like I'm it's initiative the hit pocket she was like you told me to hit pocket clients and he was like yeah not my clients (laughs) Like, right and she was yes. like I forgot to tell you about that meeting I set up behind your back <laughs> so yeah that's it that's it and then I have a worse but I'll let you do any of the best that I missed oh sure I really just liked everything that had to do with QVC I just oh, thought yeah. that was always very funny um I really liked DJ's birthday <laughs> and I loved the planner fighting with the like house manager house manager um the planner who was like well I've been all of our events for the past like not in seven years and she's like but this event is in the house I am the house manager <laughs> um that was amazing and just like everything I mean like we've already said the piano like, <laughs> like it was just, and the, when, and the drive through marriage dinner we love it we love a family dinner we do love a family dinner also <laughs> dinner scene where she goes around and makes everyone say something nice about her I mean just like all of it and Ava does that long thing and then her boyfriend's like I'm gonna keep it short and sweet I love you and they're like oh he did keep it brief like there was like that awkward silence of being like is he, it, is he oh he's not saying more that's it okay, that's that's it. okay. um the <sighs> pepper shaker thing mm-hmm. um where she was like trying to like trick her into going and getting the pepper shakers so that she could get a better deal on it I really think that that maybe is also something that there might have been more to that that we didn't get because it was like cut for time because like Mm -hmm. when we see that she has the other half of that set like why like I was like what (laughs) like she's like it's super rare he doesn't make these things and I was like okay so is that one are you buying back your own yeah. Or is, like, what's the deal here? How did you end up with one? I don't know, whatever. That drove me crazy that we didn't know more about it, but I did like that whole plot and her going back, getting it, hold, deciding to hold that really expensive base as a threat so that man would sell it to her was, I was like, okay, yes, this bitch is in. Like, she's in it to win. <laughs> I think that's also when maybe she decided to, like, commit. To, like, job, li- yeah. You know? Um, And then, last but not least, as I've mentioned, the LA interview everything about that from her loving the $11 coffee to um her subleaser thinking someone was breaking into the garage and also never believing her like he never believed her that a whole scene that like she was who she said she was even though Mm -hmm. she 
obviously like had the key, like had the code to her stuff and was like getting the shoes out and like, and was just like, bye. And he was like suspicious the whole time. And I was like, can you check out the skylight? And she was like, no, and just left. Yeah. It was like amazing and icon. Um, but yes, that's, that's all I had to add. I did like that. I also liked the, I thought it was a really smart story plot to have her digitize all of the old Deborah oh, Vance yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, VHSs because then we got to learn about Deborah as she did. And like mm-hmm. also, um, but that like kind of leads into my worst, which is not really a worst. It's like a, I want more of, which is Deborah's backstory. So like, we know she didn't burn down the house because she, acknowledges that being like you yeah, know I didn't do it he just said I did because he was threatened by my success yeah. and like won't answer the sister's calls but like I would like more of like what happened by way of like how he married her like her sister I just want more I could do like a yeah. whole episode and just flashbacks yeah it, it did feel like we talked a lot about the house thing a lot and then we talked a lot about the fact that she, or spent a lot of airtime on the fact that she's ignoring her sister, but we never got. Like any more. Any like, did she love her husband? Like, did she love Frank? Yeah, it was just. I'm assuming so, since she still won't talk to her sister, but. Yeah, I don't know. That's my only thing is like, I just want more. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we get back, we will do stats and single best scene. Perfect. We are back. All right. So why don't you take your stats, character, relationship, and episode? Sure. My favorite character, I guess, was Ava. Um, my favorite relationships was Ava and Devs. Um, and then my favorite episode is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I honestly might have to go with the, um, either the helicopter episode slash pepper shaker one or the, um, two. that was two. So either two or six, which is when she has the surgery mm-hmm. <laughs> and they get high together. Yeah, I did enjoy <laughs> sometimes Ava said things where I was like it's so cringy but whatever um in that in that scene where they're high and and Deborah's like have you ever heard of the phrase like forever on the or a moment on the lips forever on the hips and Ava goes yeah have you ever heard the phrase yum yum in my tum tum but I guess I'm still laughing about it now so yeah, yeah I guess like after the show came out there's like a lot of discourse online on like whether Ava was funny or not and people really? being like she's not funny Whoa. which I thought was funny because like who the fuck cares also I was gonna say this at the top of the episode but now it doesn't matter so the original cast of SNL not ready for primetime players had like three women I want to say in it it was Jane Curtin Gilda Radner and Lorraine Newman mm-hmm. Lorraine Newman's daughter is the woman who plays Ava um Hannah Einberg or whatever so like her mom was one of the original female SNL cast members, which I just thought was like a kind of cool full yeah. circle comedy moment. Yeah. And she's done some like funny stand up like on her own. 
um, that I watched when I found that out. Cause I was like, Oh, I wonder like what, if her style is the same as her mom's, but, um, okay. So my stats and a shocking events of no one, my favorite character was Kayla. <laughs> I loved her chaotic energy. My favorite relationship was Jimmy and Kayla. And my favorite episode was episode five falling the wild night in Vegas. I liked that whole episode. Mm-hmm. So those were my stats. Um, I feel like I am with hacks the way we both were with the Goldbergs where it was like, I know it's about the Goldbergs, but I love Jeff. Mm-hmm. Like I know hacks was about Ava and Deborah and like all of the Vegas people, but I loved the LA people. <laughs> so, okay. So if we've made it to the end, what is your single best scene from season one of hacks? So my single best scene is we've talked about it several times, but it, it is the funeral scene at the end because um, like it was so awkward at the beginning. And then I was so shocked when Deborah stood up and also like everything she did was just like so correct and mm-hmm. um, was like heartwarming, et cetera. And just like a really nice, like, wrap up to like all the chaos that had been going on sort of this whole season and um, I thought it was acted really well and was just you know it was what everybody needed in the show but also was like a really I think the most like human side we've seen public facing human side to her we've seen like she normally I don't know I just think she used her like abilities in a way that was like more empathetic than Mm -hmm. than at other times we got to see like a little bit of it when she was on stage and the 1.69 male guy um like a little bit but that was still like performing and all this stuff whereas this I mean she was obviously performing and at this funeral but it was like just a different like more intimate situation I guess um Mm -hmm. which I thought was great it was like using her performing ability for good, like using public right. speaking for good because, yes. and I did actually like, I liked that scene from like a truly human level because right. when you're at a funeral, it's so hard to take yourself out of how sad you are in that moment and remember like specific instances. So I liked yeah. that she like prepped them with like, you must've gotten drunk with the guy. Like, right. Yeah. Like he was yes. more than just you guys ever get in trouble together. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like he was more than just his death. And she, I totally. think reminded them of that mm-hmm. in a way that like only kind of an outsider who. Yeah. Who can be objective. Who could be objective can yeah. be. Right. And I, I thought it was a really interesting move for them to show the funeral scene, but not Deborah's time on stage. Yeah. Like that was more important for the story than seeing her. I guess like we find out that she bombed, but mm-hmm. like wants to continue to work on that type of material. Well, um, it made more sense once we got to the end and I'm like, oh, they're just setting this up for a second season. Mm-hmm. You know, if this was designed to be one season, I think we would have seen some of it, but. Yeah, I really enjoyed that scene. I thought. I also thought the mother did such a good job in that. Like she got nominated for an Emmy for that episode as a guest actor. And upon rewatch, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like she handled grief in like such a natural, like actual way. Mm-hmm. So I liked that. What is your single best scene? <laughs> so m- mine is on the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. 
So not sad, not heartfelt mm-hmm. and very random. It includes Marcus, Kayla, and Jimmy. And it is the conversation where Marcus calls Jimmy and says like, Hey, like, why the fuck did you send Ava out uh-huh. to interview and get a new job? And Jimmy's like, wait, what? Like, I didn't do that. And you see Kayla run in and they do the whole, like you hit pocket my clients. And Marcus is like, what the fuck is happening? Like why? Like, so you mm-hmm. didn't know. Right. And then her yelling, her saying lo siento poppy and him yelling back, stop calling me poppy. I have that saved on my phone. Like I recorded it while I watched it and I just watch it like whenever I need a little laugh. Like there's something so, so funny about it. I also had tied for their like very awkward finale, like the drive from the airport and her like booking them the honeymoon suite. Like, see, I'm so surprised you didn't pick the honeymoon suite. It was my number two, but I didn't want to. That was also my number two. That was my number two. Thought it was just like it was so funny, and her being like, "I don't want you." Like it was like she was so confident in the fact that like, yes, that was my number two. But I was like, all I've done is fangirl over Jimmy and Kayla, and I can't have two single best scenes with out without any of the main characters. But the yeah, that was truly so fucking funny every part her coming out in like the laundry being like yes. this will make it more believable <laughs> and then like <laughs> yeah and, he, and she was like oh there's champagne coming <laughs> like, and he was like we're gonna have to we're gonna have to call barbara from hr and you just hear her from the bathroom yelling not barbara <laughs> uh, yeah i mean yeah that was that, that was my number two and she was like we got this upgrade for free and he was like this is all on the, <laughs> it's all con- like, this is all business is paying for this. Oh my, oh my gosh. It was so good. And like, I also liked when someone was like, is that your sister? And she was like, no, that'd be weird. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, also, I don't think she like likes, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't, there's no like sexual right tension no, between them, I which agree. almost makes it more funny. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I did read in that article and I'll post a screenshot of the article article on our Instagram. If you want to go, we don't have, well, actually Instagram's rolling out that new feature that anybody can do like swipe ups, I guess, or share links or whatever to the article with um, them both where they talk about it. But he was like, not to give too much away about season two, but we will meet Barbara from HR. And I was like, Oh hell yeah. I can't wait. Oh my God. Amazing. <laughs> um. I'm glad you also liked that. So overall, earlier you texted me and you were like, I have thoughts. So overall, would you recommend the show to a friend? Like, how do you feel about it now that you've kind of gotten to sit with it and talk about it? I probably wouldn't unless they were like, had like, it's just so far down on my list. Like, it's just not a need to watch for me. Okay. Like, I honestly, like, I think Grace and Frankie is better. Like, if you want a 30 minute comedy that's like female focused, like there's just a lot of other options. I think that I think are better. Um, but yeah, if whoever I, or if somebody was like, Hey, like I trying to like run through my HBO, like what's good on HBO, like something easy, quick, like, yeah, I would say, yeah, give this a try. Um, but you know, it's like, even like I think they should watch Ted Lasso first. I think they should watch Schmigadoon first. I think they yeah. should watch like all these other 30 minute shows that have come comedies these, that have come yeah. out recently. Um, but if, yeah, if there was like some parameters about it being just cause I, I 
don't watch a ton of HBO since as some of you might know, I cannot figure out how to get it on my Apple TV. Um, the HBO Max app is like in the running for being as useless as the AMC app. Right, cool. It glitches so fucking bad. I had to watch it on my laptop today. Okay, I was watching this on my laptop today and projecting it, which I don't like because it like degrades the quality. But it like every time the episode ended, it acted as if like it forgot that it was connected and have to refresh the page anyway. I was like, this is so horrible yes. user experience. And like HBO Max, it costs them so much money to build out this fucking platform and like put, I don't know, like friends reruns on it. And I can't even watch like the new Gossip Girl. Every time I try to watch it, it takes me like 40 minutes to get the episode to play. No. And then I can't pause it because I'm like, I'm terrified. It's just going to like glitch and go back to the home screen. So like, I'm just here uninterrupted once I finally get it to work. So I agree. I, I really like tax. Um, so I would recommend it, but I definitely think it is a, I don't think it's for everyone. Like, I think it's a, I think if you like, like, if you like comedies, Mm -hmm. I think you would like this show. Yeah. Well, I would never recommend it to a man. Oh, really? I don't think so. I can't think of a man I know that would watch this. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of any that I know that. I think I might. I I think I might. I think I would recommend it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It just, there were so many weird parts about it that I was just thinking about the like drive-through wedding. Like there's just (laughs) so many random bits, but. Okay, so I'm going to go into news really quick before it, before we do our recommendation. So as we've mentioned multiple times throughout this episode, it has been renewed for a season two before its final finale aired on June 10th. So it has been, so I guess I watched it in June, which is not that long ago. Um, So yeah. And then it got nominated for 15 Emmys. So look out for them this Emmy season. The kind of big ones were outstanding comedy series, lead actress in a comedy series, and then supporting actress in a comedy series. And then a bunch of kind of like random, like cinematography. Um, Marcus got nominated for supporting actor. Um, we met, I mentioned earlier that Nina's or Ava's mom, Nina Daniels got nominated for guest appearance. Um, they got nominated for casting kind of those random things, but I do think this has the potential of like sweeping the Emmys in a lot of categories. So if that is something, I know people primarily do it for Oscars, but if you want to watch all Emmys shows before the Emmys or are trying to make your way through the Emmys before they um, air in September, I do recommend watching it because it was nominated 15 times. So it's bound to win at least a few of them. Um, Yes. All right. So do you have a recommendation for our, um, followers and friends and listeners this week? Um, yes, I recently, this is so random, but I mean, always is. Uh, yeah, but, are always uh, it's not like an actual product this time. So who? but, um, <laughs> something that I discovered last week, that's just like kind of interesting, I guess, is that you can, uh, there's a Spotify playlist called like country, like global top 100 or something like that which I'm they have it for all the categories and I am a regular listener of the like hot 100 right like mm-hmm. I probably listen to it not once a day but like once or twice a week just to like keep up with what the kids are listening to but like 
and I haven't listened to the other like subcategories, like global top chart lists. Um, but just like kind of was feeling in like a country mood, but like had listened to, um, I, I don't know, but the minute you said country, I was like, I have fancy like stuck in my head. So all of their names are this all every country singer's name is the same. Yeah, we fancy like Apple McCollum, literally oh. forgettable. Whatever. So I listened to his stuff like a couple times and was like, I'll stick to country, but like just throw it broad, right? And so sure enough, it's country worldwide hot 50 and let me tell you it is so interesting because it's not necessarily like new like it's just like what the top 50 country songs that are being played on spotify worldwide are which mm -hmm. i think is so interesting because like ten thousand hours with justin bieber still fucking on list somehow um but also like tennessee whiskey by chris stapleton old ass song um life is a highway by rascal flats is on this list um uh wagon wheel like all this shit when it rains it pours like luke combs like that's an old song like yeah like all like five to like 15 years old when right, you said, it's all just this weird mix and you said wagon just, wheel i was like classic. <laughs> when you said wagon wheel i was like physically transported back to the OU um okay no that OU Fidel mixer that that I went to and that song played like on repeat oh and every room I went into wagon wheel was playing and I was like I can't escape it <laughs> and like why is it playing so frequently here we're in Oklahoma like I was so I was like what is happening but anyway, it like, I like had an out of body experience just now. Like I went back to 2010 That's or 2011. Oh, welcome back. Um, yeah, I'm back in the moment. Like Shania Twain, Josh Turner on here. Like it's just, and it's just so interesting because like I, as I was playing, I was like, wow, this, like this is what's being played right now. Like this mm -hmm, week like or worldwide. whatever, um, which is just so interesting. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting. I feel like I also remember you doing another really random country Spotify playlist, like the strawberry wine playlist, or maybe you yeah, just sent that to me. That's a good radio. I can't remember if that was like an actual podcast recommendation. I think it was. Ben, it's, it's a really good radio station <laughs> to do. Um, so my recommendation this week for everyone is a book. Um, it's a memoir, The Wreckage of My Presence by Casey Wilson, who is in one of, when you were earlier talking about 30 minute comedies, she is in one of my all-time favorite 30 minute comedies, Happy Endings. When that was on the air, she's now on Black Monday on Showtime and her book was just really well written. And I enjoyed the like memoir style stories. I also liked her, like she talks about being like a bed and bath person. Like she's just like a very funny person and the stories translate well in book form. So that book of essays, I recommend. Amazing. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for y'all this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, make sure to check us out on Instagram, rate, review, again, email us. We'll give you a sticker. Yeah. Um, we'll do all of the things. If you stick around and you'll see it all happen. That yeah. was not a real full sentence, but. Please and thank you. Okay, we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.